This episode of Café de René has been brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped, the number one choice for men's below-the-belt grooming. Featuring the new and improved Lawnmower 4.0 with a built-in LED light, ceramic blade for a closer cut, and also completely waterproof. To get that, but also including the rest of the package, including your ball deodorant, t-shirt, free boxes, weed whacker, please head over to manscaped.com, use the code CAFE, not only will you get all that, you will also get free shipping and also 20% off. So yep, please, head over to Manscaped, use the code CAFE, and your balls will thank you. edition of Café de René. I am no longer the third wheel on this episode because I've been promoted to the passenger. But you haven't tuned in for me, James Dunsley. You've tuned in for the special star of the show, the one and only Mr. René Dupree. René, how are you doing today? It's cold outside, James. Cold. 25. Oh, look, can't you see? Look at the background. Freezing. I want to go to the Bahamas or Mexico or something. I've always, Mexico, I would love to go to. I've never been. I would love to go to Mexico. Did you know all their, um, all the CMML AAA shows have been postponed because of the corona? Really? Yep. It's never ending, is it? Uh, well, I've mentioned to you, my eldest, he's eight, he, uh, he's, he's got corona, found out, uh, I think Monday, no, Wednesday, I think oh, it must be found out. Uh, he's okay. First day, he was tired. Um, just had a day of rest, second day, filled a little bit sick, but uh, he's feeling okay in himself, so hopefully he's a strong boy, he'll recover. Fortunately, the rest of us hasn't got it yet, but I think it's only a matter of time, so we'll see. Right. So, uh, but yeah, besides that, it's uh, not too bad over here in the UK. Um, yeah, pretty quiet, uh, not much happening, so uh, yeah, but... We have uh, done a special topic for uh, Renee's first time. We've done one for quite a while because we've had so many guests, but we said we'll uh, do a topic video and we put it out to all the ladies and gents who's been watching the channel. We put that on YouTube and coming in third was uh, my choice, Pat Patterson. I will do a Pat Patterson episode one day, um, but with 50% of the votes, uh, the audience voted for your feud against uh, John Cena. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a massive win we could say yeah and there were some great topics so thanks to everyone for voting the topics and yeah uh we'll get the ball rolling so going through the feud renee i suppose the first question is uh before you went to smackdown did you have much interaction with uh cena first time i met him was at the old davis arena in indiana that was obw's building yeah like this is just like a hole in the wall like abandoned building that they just put a ring in and set up some bleachers right yeah the first thing i noticed was charisma right off the bat guy was yep. so charismatic just in the locker room right and uh then he got ready for his match then you see the physique and it's like okay this guy's money then you saw him in the ring forget who he was wrestling it was actually a mixed tag match Right. It was him and Victoria against yep. David Flair and someone else. I forget who. And very charismatic, looked great in the ring, but you could tell it's footwork. That's the first thing I noticed was shit. Right. <laughs> His footwork was shit. He had like two left feet. And then, uh, yeah, so that's the first time I met him. Yeah. Similar to you, Renee, obviously you was raised up in your father's uh, territory, but obviously you come from bodybuilding and I think that's what Cena came from as well. Mm, yeah. Yeah. He was, um, I think he played high school football, mm. but then he got into the bodybuilding 
and that I know he had moved out to California and he had joined the UPW, I think it was yes. called. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Univer I don't know if it was Universal or Ultimate. I think it was Universal, wasn't it? Universal Pro Wrestling? Ultimate Pro Wrestling? Something like that, Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he had done some bodybuilding contests. I think he placed second, maybe. Right. In the States. I don't know if he went to Nationals. <sighs> and then I think that's where he got hired, right? Yeah, uh, I think he, uh, I forgot who brought him, but he was in a meeting with uh, Bruce Pritchard. And uh, Pritchard, I don't think, was impressed at first because saying he was trying to talk in gimmick or something like that, like he was calling himself prototype. Right. Uh, prototype. But eventually, common sense prevailed and uh, they signed him. Uh, cool. So I suppose the first thing what started this feud uh, was you getting drafted to SmackDown. So I think you mentioned to me earlier, uh, before and um, you didn't know you was getting drafted to SmackDown. Was that right? So that was a genuine reaction or am I wrong? I think I found out that day. Right. Yeah, I remember it was WrestleMania, mm. and we're all about to go to to the building. And everybody, they told us to wear suits, right? This is how naive I was, right? They told us to wear suits, so I wore a warm-up suit. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's in a suit and tie. I'm there with a fucking Jordan, a Jordan outfit. What? Still a suit, right? But I remember yeah. going down to like this the certain place of the hotel before we got on our bus to go to the garden. And Pat Patterson was like, oh and he dragged me into a room and he was all happy. Yeah. Because I think I think Vince that week had made the call to okay, let's give Renee the big the big Push. shot. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh yeah, it was that was it the following Raw was the draft after Mania or a couple weeks later? Something like that. That's normally when it is, well, when it was anyway. Um, what was uh, Sly and um, Conway's reaction to you um, getting split up from the group and going to SmackDown? I think Sly was happy because at the time we hated each other. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> right? And uh, he was going to go off with Rob. And I was, you know, young and hungry and I wanted to... Like, I didn't care how old I was, personally. I just wanted to... Like, my drive was so... It was it's insane, right? Yeah. So... But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's when uh, Fifi was, was unveiled. And the newest addition to that distance, Fifi! Ah! Yep. <laughs> that was my idea, to get a French poodle. Again, because I was a British Bulldogs fan, right? That's right. And I told it was so cool. I figured, okay. And what a way to stand on television, too, if you're coming out with a, like, you got to be different, right? It works. I mean, Bulldogs, Jake the Snake, uh, you know, it Coco works. Beware. Yeah. Coco, yeah, we're Frankie. Mm -hmm. So uh, we don't, we haven't got enough animals in wrestling these days. Right. Yeah. So, but uh, you got drafted to SmackDown. So, when was you uh, pitched with the angle fat you was going to be feuding with Cena and who uh, put it towards you? I think it was that day in, um, I think we were in Michigan. Right. And uh, my match, my debut match was against Billy Kidman. That's right. Right. And then uh, Cena came out, put together a little rap, and then he said, these nuts or something and threw a bag of peanuts at me. <laughs> That's right. I just watched I watched it today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was that. And then uh yeah, then we started uh wrestling on house shows. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you was wrestling on house shows like straight after that then? Yeah, that's when we started, yeah. I mean the T V thing was going on, but we were wrestling together every night on the house shows. Right. And well, go ahead. Sorry, um, what was it? So, obviously, this is your reaction. You find out you're feuding with Cena for the US title. Where, <clears throat> how was Cena during these days? And what was his reaction? <clears throat> knowing that he's going to be feuding with you. No, he's a pro. Yeah. 
he's a pro. Uh, but first time we wrestled was in Louisville, Kentucky. And he wasn't wearing, because you remember he went through a phase where he was doing the Reebok pumps? That's right, yeah, pumping them up. Just before that, just before he went to the Reeboks, he was wearing the short, it looked like an Adidas shoe, but it was actually a wrestling boot. I remember, yeah. Okay. I remember, too. You know why? Because our first match, he kicked me square in the dick. Ow. Right in the fucking mushroom tip. I mean, (laughs) dead center in the German helmet. All right, the bell end, as they say in England. The bell end, or the knob. <laughs> the knob, yeah. Oh my God, was that painful? I remember finishing the match, running. I didn't talk to anybody. I ran right to the bathroom stall to, you know, pull down my tights to see the damage. Right, it was like purple and oh God. I remember Kurt Angle climbing up, looking over, trying to tell me about the match. I'm like, dude, could you give me a second? (laughs) (laughs) Trying to see if my fucking dick is still intact. But no, he was a pro. You know, because he locked in the ring at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so he was off to the races the following week. uh, Seeing him was having a uh, two-on-one handicap match with the FBI, uh, Nunzio and uh, Johnny DeBolt. And uh, you was on commentary, so uh, I suppose this was your was this one of your first times on commentary on the WWE, uh, WWE TV? Or oh, it's the worst. It, it's yeah. the worst. You know why? Because you got that headset, uh, right? Offense. No talking to you on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't understand a word he was saying either. Yeah. Just throwing in lines, and the timing was off, and it was muffled, and you're trying to listen to him, and then concentrate, man. I have newfound respect for all those announcers, too. Especially Michael Coe. He's been doing it, what, wow, 20, nearly 30 years, uh, yeah. Michael Coe. Yeah. Uh, but uh, how was Taz? Because uh, obviously you brought Fifi, and uh, I forgot what he tried to call it, uh, Sniffy or something like he was calling Fifi. <laughs> <laughs> no, Taz was cool. I always liked Taz. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It was cool. I... You seem to be proper like upset when uh, Cena threw the bag of nuts, and I think it hit Fifi. <laughs> he hit my dog. He hit yeah. him in the head, you little bastard. Yeah. Get away from my dog, you crazy freak! Look at you. Huh? Oh, I no, I because I love. I'm I'm a dog guy. Like mm. at one point in time when I was living in the states, I had six or seven dogs. Right. Two Saint Bernards, an English Mastiff. Two English Bulldogs and a pit bull. Wow. Yeah. I have this like weakness to where if I walk into a pet store and I see a puppy, I instantly fall in love with it and I have to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why uh, my wife doesn't let me into pet stores anymore. That That's weird because over here in the UK, they don't sell dogs in their pet stores at all. Here yet either. No? Here, right? No. I don't know why. It's been banned, yeah. Well, because uh, it's literally, you have to go private for someone who's breeded dogs um, or someone who's had a dog and they've had puppies. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I think it's on pet stores is hamsters and gerbils and right. <laughs> rabbits. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. So, following week, uh, you had a match against uh, Orlando Jordan. Uh, someone we should get on the show one day, uh, Renee. I think he's still in Australia, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's been over there for a while as well. Yeah. He was trained by Rocky, Rocky Johnson. Oh, wow. And he is really close with The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be, we'd be riding a car and Dwayne would call him up on the phone and stuff. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're really tight. Yeah. Orlando was a great athlete. It didn't last too long, though, right? He was only there, what, a year? Yeah, uh, like, later on that summer, uh, or towards the fall, he started being paired up with uh, JBL. And yeah. part of the cabinet, he, uh, he defeated Cena for the US title, funny enough. And I think I defeated with uh, Benoit the following year uh, for the US title and eventually lost it to Benoit. And then 
he was on the card floating about, and uh, I think eventually got released. I know he went to TNA uh, afterwards, but yeah, I don't think he was in. And he had the Ultimate Warriors last match, didn't he, in Italy? <laughs> that's, that's a crazy start. <laughs> I think his pro, like his weakness, was the talking. Right. On the microphone. Yeah. That's that's the most important thing, especially in WWF. The talk will take you further than anything, right? Yeah, like that's the only thing what's ever held back Shelton Benjamin because Shelton Benjamin's got everything else but talking. Just the talking, yeah. So the following week, we see uh, a teaser for Cafe de Rene, but at the beginning, you're backstage and you're talking to someone off camera saying you love the colour of their hair, really brings out their eyes, and it's Fifi. (laughs) (laughs) Who put that whole thing together? Yourself or someone else? Yeah. <laughs> Whoever the writer was, he actually just came to me and said, Renee, I want you to do this whole thing yourself. Wow. Are you sure? Uh, so then that's, I put together that whole thing. I said, my idea, okay, put the camera on me and then I'll be talking like at a, I was talking to a beautiful woman and <laughs> it was Fifi. <laughs> oh. I, I will be splicing these beret, images. I want to put the beret on Fifi, but Vince yeah. wanted the beret on me. Shit. It was the accordion player. I have no idea. No? Random dude. That he probably made more money than half the boys on the card that night. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, you're teasing the debut of uh, Cafe de Rene, and uh, your first guest will be uh, Tori Wilson. And uh, we go to the following week, uh, Cafe de Rene. Uh, you bring out Tori, absolutely beautiful, honestly. <laughs> like, so stunning. Was, he was 20 at this time, so I'd imagine he was a young single guy. Obviously, she's married to Billy Kidman at this point, but still. Yeah. I got caught one time taking a picture with my phone. We're backstage at a, high sh- a house show. She's wearing these tight blue fucking shorts. And you can just imagine how good it looked. And I'm 20 and I'm, you know, so I tried. Guess who caught me? Fit Finley. Oh, well. <laughs> He's like, oh, really? I, got I was like, no, no. I looked at her and she kind of thought it was cute. And I just ran off like a. I had no choice, man. It looked so fucking good in those shorts. At least it was fit, because fit sounds like he had a really great sense of humor. Yeah, I think he, I think he, yeah, he probably thought it was funny. He probably had the camera himself behind you taking the bitch over. Right. <laughs> Move out of the way. I'm taking the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, though, no, uh, so the previous week, um, there was the angle with uh, Tori and Big Show and Kurt Angle. And uh, Kurt Angle, uh, well, I think he lost the match against Guerrero, and if he lost, he would have lost his job. And at the end, um, that's what happened. So it all started off well. Uh, you put on Tori over, she's beautiful. You're having a glass of wine, some cheese, then you kind of turn on her. It's like, why were you laughing at the big show? <laughs> right. That's what I was told. But the, what made that whole segment was when she slapped me. I took the wine and I threw it on her. Yeah. That was Pat Patterson. Really? Uh, yeah. Pat Patterson was a genius because he would look at things and then the small, intricate details. Mm. He's like, okay, the baby face is hitting the heel, but you got to get another pop in there. You can't hit a woman. So just throw. What's more insulting than red wine and a beautiful woman with a nice dress? You know what I mean? What a heelish thing to do, right? Yeah. No, Pat was a genius. Well, you can't blame him for being upset. You you said, Fifi is not the only bitch in the ring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was good. And uh, Cena came out to uh, make the save. And like I was watching these clips today, and I noticed as you're going up towards the ramp, was your ear busted? It looked like it was bleeding. Or was that the wine? Um... It's probably busted. No, no, Cena would stiff the hell out of me. You know how many times yeah. he broke my nose and busted me open? Oh, 
kicked me square in the bell end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, many times. Because his quads are so big, right? Like, yeah. You can't, you can't really tell because he's, he's wearing those jean shorts, the jorts. <clears throat> but he's got the biggest set of legs on him. So, like, he has a hard time lifting his leg to get, because I'm tall. I'm 6'3, right? I'm taller than him. Yeah. So, anyway, plus I got a pretty big, you know. Anyway, keep going. Well, we are sponsored after. Hey everyone, James here. Sorry for taking two minutes out of the episode, but we've got a big announcement to make. Uh, Renee, tell everyone about our new sponsorship. That's right. Our first official sponsorship is none other than Manscaped. Manscaped, the number one official men's grooming kit. And voila, everyone. This is the Lawnmower 4.0. You turn it on. And they're using a little light. Can you guys see a little light here? Yep. That's right. It comes with different, with its own portable portable charger. Check that out. Plugs right into it, right into the wall. You just stick your razor in there. Can you guys see it? Yeah, we this see is it. Amazing. It's amazing. What else do they got, James? Well, that's it. Not only do you get the lawnmower 4.0, which with new ceramic tool in, has got the closest shave you can ever have, so it saves little nasty accidents there, and it saves using a razor or scissors or anything like that. We also got the weed whacker for your pesky nose hairs and your ears hairs, because I told right. Renee something very interesting. If you pluck your nose hairs, it can actually cause a blood vessel, which not many people know about. And not only that, Renee, what else do you get with it? You get this cool shaving kit bag. Right here, you get these awesome t-shirts with their slogan, your balls will thank you and my balls have thanked me. You also get a pair of boxer shorts and the best part, James, I think you'll agree. You get not only the ultra premium crop preserver anti-chafing ball deodorant. This thing is amazing. Can you guys see? Anti-chafing ball deodorant. I didn't realize that I needed ball deodorant until now. Now I will never leave the home without deodorizing my testicles. And we also have the Ultra Premium Crop Reviver Refreshing Ball Toner. That's right. So after you get out of the shower, give yourself a good shave and spray your testicles with this. How much do you, how much do you wish you had that went during your wrestling career? I can imagine in the trunks, a lot of chafing. Yeah, you know, now, like I said, uh, since I've used the anti-chafing ball deodorant, I'll never leave the house without it. Without, you know, deodorizing my testicles. <laughs> Hell yeah. And yeah, everyone, if you just want to get it, and because Manscaped's uh, sponsoring us, we've got great news for you. So if you use our code CAFE, not only do you get 20% off, you get free shipping around the world. And yeah, uh, you help the channel out also. So please do so. And believe us, if it's not for yourself, if you're one of our female listeners, get one for your boyfriend, get one for your friends. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, this isn't just for men. I mean, anybody could, look, I even shave my sideburns with, you know what I mean? You yeah. can shave the back of your hair, your head here too. So that just saved me an extra like $30 every two weeks at uh, the hair salon, because I let my hair yeah. grow. So, I mean, this is great. And you can even take off the blade and, uh, you know, trim your mustache too. I mean, it's, this is great. Make sure you wash it. Don't, you know, shave yourself oh, yeah. shave down under. But you know what I mean? It's nice. It's great. Awesome. Cool. So, yeah, we want to say thank you for, to Manscaped for sponsoring us. And, yeah, everyone, if you want free shipping and 20% off your orders, please use the code CAFE. And, yeah, tell them that James and Renee sent you. And we'll be sure to put in a link in the description. Or if you don't want to click on the link, just head over to Manscaped forward slash Cafe Day Renee and you uh, use the code Cafe. So thanks That's right. Like. That's right, man. Boys, Manscaped. Like the slogan says, your balls will thank you. Cool. And please enjoy the rest of the episode. Cool. So uh, later on that night, uh, Tori Wilson, she sees uh, Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman says it's an injustice. And for Tori to get a revenge, he's going to book her in a match against yourself uh, the following week. So, what was the uh, pre-meeting like before the match, like between yourself and Tori? And I would imagine she was all very good-hearted about it and really up for it. 
<clears throat> yeah, it wasn't very long. It was only like what a minute and a half, maybe. It was just a short. Yeah. Because Tori, I mean, God bless her, she was never really fully trained. She never had a heart to be an actual in-ring wrestler. Yes, it's weird. It's weird because even like she could do the odd. Davis match, that's what they were back then, but it's weird that uh, she never actually won a title in WWE, like, and I've seen other women wrestlers, no disrespect, but less talented than there, for example, but uh, she never did win a title. No. No. I remember I, uh, the one, <laughs> the one spot where she sunset flips me and I dropped to my knees right in front of her. You know yeah, you achieved, you achieved something that like millions of wrestling fans wish they could see. Corey <laughs> Wilson's face between your legs. That's it. And that was my idea. Because I knew the reaction it would get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it worked, right? But then I remember we were being told by Fit and the other agents the physicality between me and John afterwards when he made the save. Yeah. I had to look legit. And let me tell you, it was legit. Really? I bust yeah, I busted his eyebrow open where he was bleeding and he, he caught he busted my lip and I think I had a bruise somewhere on my face. Those those were live rounds. Oh well. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of pressure on us after that. Because the office won't admit it, but they listen to these stupid fucking dirt sheet writer assholes. Mm. Like uh, Meltzer Magoo, who was like completely trashing their whole thing we were doing, and they actually listened to it. The agents, they won't admit it, but they listened to that shit. Ah. Yeah. 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 Even though when we were on live events all over the country, the place, the, we didn't have to lock up for 10 minutes. No. That's how, you know what I mean? That's when you know your little angle or your little feud is over, is when they want it so much that you don't even have to lock up, right? I mean, we went to Ontario here in Canada, main event, we sold out arenas. At, at this point in time, arenas didn't get sold out in 2000. No. And we sold out arenas, main eventing it. <clears throat> but then you got higher up guys on the car, I'm not going to mention names, Kurt Angle, who would fucking uh, just start trashing your matches. Like, that wasn't a main event, motherfucker. The fucking place is sold out. Yeah. You know? Anyway. It's weird because, uh, and there was a few, there was a couple, there was two hot feuds at the time. I know Taker was feuding with Booker T, but to me that's more of a comedy angle. Uh, <laughs> with Booker T. Oh, yeah, that, that, oh, you mean for the Judgment Day pay-per-view? Yeah, that, that, that was, to me that was a comedy story, but... Yourself and Cena was definitely one of the top feuds, and also Eddie and JBL. Yeah. No, the, 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 the Taker and Booker, that was put together two weeks before the pay. That was just a throw-on. Yeah. It was like voodoo. Yeah, it was comedy. Yeah, uh, it was. Right. But, yeah, nothing against uh, Bradshaw and, and, and Eddie. But me and Cena had a lot to do, especially on the West Coast. I, I know because just the, the reaction I would hear from the fans on that part of the country. Like, yeah. Uh, Vegas, like Nevada. Uh, like, for example, Nevada, the following night for SmackDown was completely sold out. The paper in L.A. was completely sold out. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'll be honest, I, I was watching uh, these uh, today. Uh, I was just basically watching you and Cena's segments. And... Uh, the fans were so interested. I know that it always works. Like, you know, the foreign heel it always works. I don't know about today, but back then it really worked. And obviously you got, you, you already experienced the mega heat with being Lara's assistance. Yeah. You carried this over with Cena and me established Cena as on his trajectory as top baby face, which we'll get to later. But those, the fans hated you and <laughs> they generally did. Hmm. Oh, the episode of SmackDown where I power bomb Cena through the table. Yeah, that's right. That was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in the Northeast, right? Yeah. And before the show, Vince actually, he need, I never see him do this before or at the time when I was there. He actually came into the locker room looking for me. 
Wow. Like, yeah, he didn't get one of his cronies to say, uh, send Renee to me or whatever. He actually came in the locker room and Renee needed to speak with you. And he basically told me, Renee, I need some serious heat tonight. Yeah. That I'm going to go, is there a limit to how much heat you want? He was like, well, no. I was like, okay. So that's when, like, if you watch that segment, I take Michael Cole's chair and I whip it right at Cena. Yeah. 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 And I beat the... I beat the hell out of him with that French flag. Literally. You know, remember I, I told you about how when I worked with Austin and Rock and I felt that wave? Yes. Yeah. I got into the ring. I did my little French tickler. I felt the wave, the heel wave, the heel heat wave. Yeah. 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 You know what? I felt that. I felt that on a few different occasions. I felt that in Madison Square Garden. Now, mind you, this is 2003, less than a year and a half after the 9-11. And you're calling yeah. you calling New Yorkers a bunch of selfish assholes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> now yeah, it was yeah. a great spot. Um because uh well the reason for it because um Tori was having a match with uh Don Marie, who was probably my favorite. And uh, like you said, uh you interfered, Cena came out, that beatdown, that was just unreal. It was yeah. so aggressive. I have to ask, um, when you walked through the uh, curtain to Gorilla, what was the reaction from the agents, but I suppose the Vince, main man himself, Vince? Vince was standing up, looking at me, and then Taker, like, holy shit, good job, kid. Because he could nice. hear he could hear the reaction. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 You uh, laying the flag on, to, on top of Cena, was that your idea? Yeah. Great spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, USA versus the evil, evil foreigner. Here. I'm laying you to rest. France wins, you know? And um, uh, well, one thing I forgot to mention, though, after your match with uh, Tori, so you had the spot with uh, Kurt Angle, and uh, he was the GM at the time. And I suppose one of these uh, parts, he said, you know, he, he would never be so proud. He would be so proud to have a Frenchman as US champion. Mm. Um, but you mentioned that Kangle was trying to bash your matches. Um, I'm surprised by that. No, I don't think he was. I think Vince had get, told him like to, because Kurt was a great worker. Right? Oh yeah, one of the best and, of all time. Right. He wasn't really bashing. He was just. He's a very serious in the ring yeah maybe maybe yeah no i got nothing bad to say about oh kurt at all but i just remember that one match in ontario where he just flipped out because it wasn't up to standards for a main event right yeah right but the place was sold out so (laughs) yeah (laughs) so as the weeks is going your hair's going blonder and blonder (laughs) yeah Oh, that's all about OC. bringing that look back. That's my OC. Hell no. That's- well, actually, when I was in Wrestle 1 in Japan, I, I had the, the faux hawk was really in style. Right? And then I, yeah. I bleached it again. The best, the best blonde bleach job I've ever had was in Tokyo. Right. I don't, they, I don't know what they use to bleach hair, but man, it gets platinum blonde. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like you got to do it every two weeks and that shit fries your hair. Yeah. It gets expensive, yeah. One thing me and you've never spoken about was uh, when you dyed your hair red and you had that full goatee. I've never spoke to you about that look. Oh. Well, that was when I was in the Voodoo Murderers in Japan. Well, since we're talking about it, let's talk about it. So... In, in all Japan, they let you pick your own music, right? right. So when uh, Voodoo Murderers, the first thing I thought of was Voodoo by Godsmack. Yeah, well, uh, our original Cafe de Rene thing. <laughs> right. So then, if you listen to the opening lines, he'll sing, Candles raise my desire, right? So I went to the shop and got myself a, a candle. A black candle, sometimes a red candle, because that's what the colors of the voodoo murders were, red and black. 
That's why right. I dyed my hair. Start right. Yeah. And then I would come to the ring, and before I got in, I blew out the candle. Right. Now, I didn't realize this till one of the Japanese soya, one of the Japanese boys, smart me up. He goes, Lena-san, why copy you? What? And then he pulls out his phones and he shows me Bray Wyatt's entrance with the lantern. Yes. Blows it out. Bastard. That's okay. Oh, and since we're on the topic, did you see what Chris Jericho just uh, trademarked? I haven't seen what he trademarked. GFY. My finish, our finish to the Enfant Terrible, that was the tag team I was with Wrestle One. Enfant right. Terrible is French for terrible children. We had a finish. It kind of looked like the magic uh, Gallows and Anderson. There is something similar to that. Magic killer. Yeah. Magic killer. But I call it the GFY. Go fuck yourself. Right. And uh, I actually messaged my buddies in Japan and said, look at this, boys. And like, Jerk was a thief. <laughs> well, that's no secret right <laughs> he steals everybody's shit he's worse than oh, yeah. punk yeah he's worse than yeah. cm punk so yeah oh never mind <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to go with a new name <laughs> the cafe right. finish <laughs> right cool so yeah so like we mentioned uh you go through the crowd uh you go through re- uh, uh backstage uh take was impressed by all accounts, sounds like Vince loved to spot you uh, attacking Cena and uh, massive heat. And uh, following week, you've done a little backstage cafe day, Renee, uh, putting over what you've done. Say uh, my favorite line, you, you Americans are in denial because the world hates you and don't believe it. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking true. <laughs> no offense to our American audience. But no, 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 no. I've got a lot of American friends that I wish I could see and I haven't seen in years. But as a whole, because I look and sound just like an American, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. I miss the accent. <laughs> right, right. But do you know how many dirty looks? Because I travel, before this whole pandemic, I would travel 10 to 15 countries a year, right? Yeah. How many dirty looks I get abroad? Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. It's to the point where I have to wear a little Canadian pin. Right. The second they know I'm Canadian, oh, you're Canadian. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm, it's not really exactly the, the people. It's just their government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, right. It's not the people's fault. It's it's, it's whoever controls you, right? We love you, American audience, and please use the code cafe, uh, cafe for your manscaped. That's right. I'll be doing a demonstration. Shaving my body right on air. Okay. <laughs> you also said towards the end, uh, you think I'm violent? Well, I'm going to treat Cena like you Americans treat them poor Iraqi innocents, oh. prisoners. That was fucking... I was listening, I was like, fuck! I'm like, wow, imagine that, saying that now. I was actually... After every TV, there's like a big candy box <laughs> full of chocolate. Right. I was stuffing my face with chocolate, not watching... Because I dieted all week, right? I would diet just to look good for TV. And after, as soon as everything was done for TV, I would just load up on sugar and just, you know what I mean? Treat myself. Yeah. So I'm stuffing my face with chocolate, and there's Sergeant Slaughter running at me. Did you hear that heat? I think Sergeant... Uh, Yeah, you could hear it in the crowd when you said it. Yeah. Like, and I I look at him, my face is full of chocolate. Hmm? Speaking of that, you, you was in unbelievable shape. What weight was you at this point? Because he was a big guy. Yeah. I was around 265, 270. Wow. With uh, six-pack abs. Yeah. That was a big boy. What are you now? Did you say you're about 230 now? Something like that? Oh, no. I've, I've, I've changed my down about 242. Oh, you're going back up a little bit. Uh, yeah. A little bit. I, I don't want to be that heavy anymore. Just because it's hard yeah, in your joints, it's hard. It's hard walking around that big. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm happy being lighter. Plus, I move better in the ring too, right? 
suppose, yeah. I've noticed like um, like your pre your matches you've been doing lately, last few years you seem to be not a high flyer, but like you could go off the top rope quite more often than you run WWE, from what I've seen. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, plus but, that's another part about being independent. Nobody tells you how to put together a match, right? Yeah. yeah. But, um, so the big day came, uh, Judgment Day. Uh, so that arena, Staples Center, Los Angeles. Uh, fun pay per view. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was one of the first uh, pay per view on DVD I actually purchased. Because um, over, over here in the UK, they all come out like three or four months after the pay per view is on. Yeah. Uh, which is weird now. I think they're actually going to stop doing the pay per view on DVDs now altogether. Yeah, they stopped in the US and Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So. Where they do it in the UK, I don't know. Uh, possibly. Um, but yeah, Judgment Day was a great pay-per-view. So uh, what was it like uh, to end up uh, at the Staples Centre that day and uh, realising this was going to be one of your biggest matches of your career like up to this yeah. point? I was weird, man. It was so weird because I had just... Me and Paul London were travelling together. Right. And we had went and watched The Girl Next Door. Remember that movie? Hell yeah. Right? Yep. And then as soon as I saw Alicia Cuthbert, who was Canadian, by the way, in that movie, I was like, oh, my God, I got to meet this girl. The next day, the producers of that were there with Luther Reigns because he was in that movie. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's right. They were there at the Staples Center, like backstage. And I was like, this has to be a godsend. This has to be a sign. I said, hook me up with her. (laughs) (laughs) It never happened though. Oh. Yeah. She was hot. She is smoking. Oh. Great, but great yeah. film, everyone. I recommend it. Yeah. But no, um, that that was a rush. That was a yeah. real rush. You know. Uh I see I, I have a hard time watching that shit back because then I, I get the the itch to just you know what I mean? Show up there and say, okay, with my with my bag and say I'm ready to go. It makes me want to be there again, you know what I mean? So I kind of have to not watch well, this. Well, we're recording this a couple of weeks before the Rumble, so by the time this goes out, uh, might be, uh, it'll just be after the Rumble, actually, but a lot of people online on Twitter, people saying, "What's uh, who's your surprise Rumble prediction? And a lot of people speaking you, a lot of people want you to show up at the Rumble. No shit. Honestly, we've got a lot of fans, a lot of great and loyal fans we've got. I appreciate all of you. Uh, thank you so much. But um, even if I was, I would I wouldn't tell you, and you would have no idea that I was there. You tell me, wouldn't you? I wouldn't tell anybody. You busted. Are we recording tonight? <laughs> Are we recording tonight, Renee? Uh, no, I've got plans. What's that countdown here in the back, Renee? <laughs> I got the Rona, bro. I'm in bed, sick. But um. Well, no, uh, great pay-per-view. I really enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite pay-per-views. And your match came on. And like I said, it was one of the top feuds going into the show, the top feud even um, for fan reactions, personally. And um, just a great match. And I haven't told you this. So when I was in uh, school, I did a write-up on like a particular topic. And I actually wrote about this match and this uh, feud. <laughs> yeah, so it's crazy now because I'm thinking... Well, tell 15-year-old uh, James that he'd be doing a podcast with Rene Dupree one day. Right. And uh, I actually done a, uh, I, was, I was 15 or 16, and uh, I done a write-up on it. So, And it's one of my favourite matches. And I'm not saying this because obviously we do a show together, but it's been my favorite, one of my favourite matches for a long time. And um, great match. And you s- said to me before, you, you was the guy who put it all together pretty much. 100%. And Chris, you know, he never... Never questioned me, never. Because I think he could see that I was extremely OCD, especially yeah. at that age. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would obsess over it. That's why me and Sly didn't get along, because he was a laid back, wants to go hang out with the girls, and but yeah. I was just concentrating on just being the best, you know what I mean, and perfecting everything. And Yeah. I think but, he would make, uh, like, never say never in wrestling. We know that. Right. I personally believe, and obviously Pat Patterson's one of your heroes, 
Mm. I honestly believe you could make like a really great agent one day. Yeah. I don't know how like with WWF, I think they're going toward. I heard like somebody told me that all their new coaches aren't even wrestlers. Yeah. They're all like Hollywood stuntmen and martial artists. There's like no more like, yeah. But as far as being, I, I would enjoy doing that. I would really enjoy doing that because my OCD and my just, that's something I would enjoy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Never say never. Um, well, great match. Uh, one of the stories of the matches was um, Cena keep trying to get you in the, uh, well, it's called the FU back then, but the attitude uh, adjustment for newer fans. Yeah. And uh, you always find the way of getting out of it till eventually. He did catch you with it. So, uh, great match. And I'm going to have to ask, what was the reaction backstage uh, and in Gorilla? Uh, no reaction from Vince. Nope. Uh, but Jerry Briscoe the next day congratulated me. Hmm. And then I remember <clears throat> there was a spot in the match where Arn changed. Like, we had our, like, that match was, wasn't as perfect as the one we had the night before. Night right. before, nobody could touch us. No, nobody. And I think John Layfield couldn't stand it, right? That's why he was fucking on me all the time, right? But there was one spot where and Pat saw it and that Arn had changed it. It was during, it was like a kick DDT and I didn't go for a pin. and Like all these small intricate details that only like the trained eye can see. A general fan wouldn't be able to see it in a million years, but the, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember me and Pat going up, we're in Vegas, we went up top floor to sit and watch the match together, right? Just, uh, yeah. See, this, uh, I'm glad I got to see Pat before he passed away because just to thank him for everything, you know? Because he, dude, one night, we should, I should probably share these stories for the Pat Patterson episode, right? Share this one and... Okay. Hopefully, you ask us, we'll vote for Fat Patterson next time because I want a Fat Patterson episode. Yeah. So, it was uh, Triple H's bachelor party. Right. The dollhouse in South Carolina, I think it is, or it could be North yeah. Carolina. So, all the boys got invited, right? So, I'm sitting there and uh, I'm enjoying some hot, it's a nice strip club, right? I'm getting a massage by one of these hot, fucking thick, titty girls. and and I went to get myself a drink. There's Pat running in. You know, Pat's, you know, he's, he's yeah. a homosexual. He doesn't want to fuck. Yeah, we know. It's no secret. <laughs> right? So he's like, Rene, I had this idea. Blah, blah, blah. He was 24-7 wrestling. Yeah. He would always be thinking of wrestling. You know, he loved, he loved it. So here we are in the middle of a strip club. Obviously, he doesn't give a shit. But he's telling me about angles and little fucking things we can do. Asking me. He's like, ask telling me ideas, asking me what he thought of it. You know what I mean? But the thing is, like, at that moment in time, I actually said, Pat, do you want to go fucking to a Waffle House or something and sit and talk? I honestly, at 19, I know this sounds maybe some people like, why wouldn't you want to be in a strip club at all? I didn't give a fuck. If I had the opportunity to sit with Pat Paz for a night and sit and talk wrestling business, you think I'm not going to do that? Yeah. Right. But the reason we didn't, because Pat looked at me like... Because imagine the locker room. Yes. I go yes. and take off with Pat. And, uh, you know what I mean? Yes. So he understood that, right? Couldn't do that. So. And I was told, I was told right from the get-go, if you're considered a Pat Patterson guy, it's the locker room is going to hate you. Yeah. yeah. Greatest match finisher of all time. Uh, it's not even a debate. Uh, no one could book a finish like Pat Patterson. No. No, he was a genius. <clears throat> so, um, so that was your match of judgment day. Great match. And then a few days later, you had a match, uh, a rematch, SmackDown. And uh, the highlight coming into the match, uh, Fifi had her nails painted. <laughs> oh, dude, every week it was a different dog. Every week. It, even yeah. the white ones, they was different dogs. Yeah. Right, I thought yeah. the white ones were the same. And no, obviously, no. there was different colored ones. Mm. Yeah, one night we uh, we had one. It was I think it was in Wisconsin. It was bright pink, 
pink hair, pink nails, pink, and they put it on velocity. I'm thinking, this is a pay-per-view oh. dog. This is ratings. Yeah. Let me come up with this fucking thing or do an angle. Like, uh, right then and there would have been a perfect angle for me and Eddie. Yes. You know, Eddie would like do shit to imagine the vignette I could picture right now. He comes out of my locker room, Fifi's locker the room, dog. <laughs> and then, there it is, bright pink. Yeah. And me and Eddie, we were dying to work with each other, but it never happened. And oh, just that's another fall, oh, man, because that would have brought my work ethic, work level up to here working with him. Oh, yes. The greatest compliment I ever got from any wrestler was Eddie say, amigo, I want to work with you because I can make money with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? God. <clears throat> Sorry. I think about it. It pisses me off. You know? Yeah. God bless Eddie Guerrero. Oh. Very missed, honestly. Um, I don't think anyone's got a bad word to say about Eddie. Everyone loves Eddie. So, um, very missed. Um, and he had, a, he had a great match with um, JBL that night at Judgment Day as well. That was a really good match. So, um, it was a bloody match. Very bloody match, what I recommend it to people. But um, you face seen a SmackDown rematch, and uh, you defeated him uh, by counter with a low blow, so you didn't win the title. And uh, then you attacked him afterwards and got your heat back. So following week, Kurt Angle's having some crosswords with Cena, and he books a uh, Lumberjack match on SmackDown. And uh, I just sent you the screenshot earlier and uh, watched it. And uh, good match. Uh, <laughs> funny spot was when uh, Rico got his uh, lips on you. <laughs> uh, there again, it was me talking with Pat. I said, Pat, you guys don't do lumberjack matches anymore? Whatever happened yeah. to that? It's great for television. You got all the stars out there. Everybody's getting TV time. It's a great visual. Sure as shit, it happened. You know? It was good. We don't get... As far as I can remember, and I don't really watch a lot of current day WWE, I'll watch the pay-per-views because I because pay-per-views and the one thing WWE always does is great productions and recap videos. I honestly don't need to watch Raw and SmackDowns and Betrayn because I can watch the pay-per-view and it basically tells everything what's happened and not much happens. Um, but Lumberjack matches, I can't remember the last time I've seen one and it is a great visual and, like, and I actually posted it and some of the comments on our Twitter feed, wow, I can imagine some of them guys was outside and quite pissed off. And I'm thinking, yep, there's Hardcore Holly standing there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the type of guy that has a size 10 foot and wears a size 9 shoe. <laughs> but uh, that, it was a great match and seeing the uh, heels and faces uh, scrap amongst themselves. And uh, I suppose this was teasing the uh, Booker T get important to the feud because he attacked Cena and uh, at the end when Cena defeated you to retain the title he looked really pissed off and um, that's where I'm going to put a pin on it for now because this kind of leads into Great American Bash and the fatal uh, the four-way elimination so if people want to hear the continuing uh, con the con con continuation continuation yeah. Uh, of this uh, story leading to the fatal edit four-way elimination at uh, Great American Bash. Uh, leave the comments below and we'll pop back on topic. But saying that, this feud with John Cena, my opinion, Renee, uh, Cena just won the title from Big Show, so this was his first feud as champion. Yeah. Uh, me personally, and I'm not saying this just because you're my co-host, I'm just saying it, being honest, this really established Cena as a top baby face. He had the USA chance against the foreign heel, Established him as a good champion against a great opponent and having some great matches. And uh, yeah, uh, definitely one of the pieces in the puzzle of making John Cena a star. Uh, so, uh, what was your favorite? What, in your opinion, how much does this feud rank in your career? Well, if I were to compare my career to a lot of people, I guess the closest guy would have to be. Stan Hansen. Yeah. Because before Stan Hansen made it big in Japan, who did he feud with in New York? It was Hogan, wasn't it? No? Bruno. Bruno, yes. My mistake. So he was he was facing the face of, of that territory in the main events as a heel. 
Yeah. I was facing John Cena, who, who became the face of that company, right? Yeah. As a he was top baby. Well, besides Eddie, he was the top baby face. Well, maybe Taker as well. No, no, was, no, no. Cena was, Cena was the face. Cena was, yeah, he was the poster boy. Yeah. He was the guy doing the rounds on the night show circuit. He was, you know what I mean? On the covers of the magazines. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. But when I uh, was living in Tokyo, Vince McMahon called me on the phone and we were talking and I said, you know, I feel like I was a big part in helping your face get over. And he's like, I certainly agree you were. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? But yeah, we'll leave it at there because we're talking for an hour and uh, I don't feel like talking anymore. <laughs> well, do you want to do some fan questions? Because we've got about 40 of them, but we won't answer all of them. But uh, we'll go for a few. Do you want okay, to? Let's go for a few. We'll go for a few. Uh, big thank you to everyone who's uh, voted and uh, left comments and questions. Uh, really do appreciate it and all the support we've been getting lately. It's been amazing all the new subscribers but uh i want to say thank you and uh so we'll start off with some questions yeah we've got 43 questions i apologize we can't answer them all but we'll do our best um so first question from uh tyler melton uh was there anything that you learned during this particular time period that stuck with you for the rest of your career p.s you loved your interview with chris van fleet The higher you go in the car, the more jealousy there is, and the less yeah. friends, less people you can trust. Yeah. Yeah. Side note: I found out with podcasting when I first started out, people was my best friend, and when my numbers started uh, overtaking everyone, same exact thing. It's, it's yep. to a lesser degree. Same no, thing. I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll get some hate with this channel because this channel's blown up lately. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Good question from Doc Martin. Uh, this might actually be a teaser for our upcoming interview, which you can uh, tell them. Uh, you was in um, or inspiring shape during this run. Uh, what was your diet like? Turnips and chicken then too. Any advice for training wrestlers to bulk up? Every chance I could, I would get my fasted morning cardio in. And... My diet was, I would spend between two to three hundred dollars a day on the road. Yeah. Easily. Because I was eating six or seven full meals a day. For example, like if we go to breakfast, okay, I would order my breakfast and I order one to two meals to go with it. So if wow. I had a 10 egg, boiled egg whites and cup of dry oats, I would get one or two of those exact same meals to go. Or if we went to a Cracker Barrel and we get like, uh, they have the best grilled chicken there, strips with a baked potato, I get an extra meal to go. So I was I was not eating very many protein shakes or protein bars at all. I was just eating whole meals, but six to seven. I was, but I was spending a fortune, a fortune. Yeah. Food. yeah. Well, uh, Ricky Mitchell, thank you for your question. Uh, what was your relationship with John like, and did it change? Um, as he got further up the card? No. It was no. always good. He was a professional. Uh, and on my last day there, after I got out of the rehabilitation center, I remember I went and visited. And he actually stood up, shook my hand, and he said, I hope... Uh, because at that point, he was really close with the boss. So he knew that he and I were going to have a, if I would have stuck around as good as that first feud was, that was going to continue somewhere down the line. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That wasn't the last time we were, we were going to meet each other. And he knew that working with me was money. I mean, Jesus Christ, we were, I was 20 years old and our first, my first ever real singles feud and we sold out the Staples Center. Yeah. Right. So. Yep. Uh, we'll do a couple more. Uh, two questions by Amelia Kelly. Um, hi, Renee. I have two questions that I often thought what the answer would be. So here it goes. Question one. Did you ever engage in a rap battle with John when all the roster was traveling by bus or was it just Rikishi <laughs> and Paul Buchanan, his usual rapping opponents? 
<laughs> I do not rap. <laughs> I like rock and roll and old school country western. A awesome. few rap songs here and there, but I'm not. I am not a rapper. And a second question: uh, Before feuding with John in WWE, was there ever a decision on OVW for you to feud with him when he was the prototype just before his push on the uh, main WWE roster? Uh, thanks and greetings from Ireland. Oh, he had gone called up, then he came back to do some OVW, and we did wrestle each other before that. Oh, right. It was an OVW in a six-man tag. It was me, Sean O'Hare, Lance Kate, excuse me, against Cena, Big Boss Man, and possibly Charlie Haas. Well. Out of, out of that entire match, guess what? Half the participants in the ring are now deceased. Yeah, shame. And that's 20 years ago. Sorry to support it, but I'm just telling you facts, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll do two more. Uh, great question from RJ Gonzalez. Was there ever any plans for you to win the US title from John Cena? At that point in time in wrestling, the US title was prestigious. Now no one really looks at the title. The same with the IC title. Great question. Imagine how cool that would have been. Oh, yeah. You changed a plate to a French flag, how much heat that would have been. Or even, I've always said it, I don't know why they've never had a foreign heel, a European, for example, win the US title and bring back the European title instead of it. Right. Yeah. Money. It would have been good. It would have been good. Maybe they thought I was too young at the time because I was only 20. But I know that his actual next feud with uh, that's when they brought in Carlito and Carlito won it right out in his first night. Yeah, I've, uh, let me get the timeline right. So yeah, so after your feud, well, after this, it led towards the Fatal Four Way. Uh, then he started feuding with Booker T, but yeah, Booker T then Carlito. Yeah. 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 Did they ever mention to you, Fen Fat? There's a good put a tie on you, but never came up. I have no idea. I know my my age was a big factor because yeah. I was told by Vince, Stephanie, Taker, Pat, you're here for the long term, long run. You know, I'm pretty sure I could probably still have a job there today if you know. Yeah. Right. Uh, file two. Um, Question from uh, Keem Play. Uh, was it clear that Cena was going to be the number one star? Yes. 100%. Yep. When everybody was told to wear Bizkaz, except Cena was allowed to wear his jorts and T-shirt and sneakers, yeah. that was Vince's way of saying, this is my guy. Yep. And final one by a fun one uh, by Mark Leung. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Any funny Fifi stories? Oh, you know how Fifi got x nade How Vince cut it is when the no, the Fifi uh, bit Hiroko. Remember? That happened. His wife? Yeah. So she was in her geisha makeup, right? And then she just went to pet the dog. And the dog got scared and bit her on the lip. On the lip? Yeah. And that's when uh, that's when Vince said, get rid of the fucking dog. No more Fifi. Fifi was done after that. Yeah. Right. A good run. Yeah. But yeah, really, uh, it's a great episode. Uh, thank you. Uh, if everyone enjoyed it. Please leave a like in the comment. And uh, we might be possibly doing... Two interviews, a topic, two interviews, a topic, or vice, or you know, interchangeable, but um, because I know people enjoy the topics and they want to hear more, but obviously they enjoy our interviews, but they want to hear more about your career as well. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone and thank you everyone for the support. And uh, 
if you want to, uh, if there's a topic what you would like me and Renee to talk about, please leave it in the comments section below and we'll post a poll up. I'll make sure I'll let everyone know that. Uh, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook group at Cafe de Renee. And Renee, they can follow you at Real Renee Dupree on Twitter. Uh, but Renee, any uh, final words for the audience? <sighs> this pandemic, pandemic's almost done, folks. Keep on keeping on, keep the faith, and uh, we can get through this together. And uh, manscape your balls, boys! <laughs> Use code CAFE for 20% off and free shipping. So, thanks again, everyone, and please, uh, yeah, check us out on the next one. Hey, everyone, James here. Thanks for watching the episode. Uh, just a quick announcement to announce uh, this coming Monday's uh, guest. We haven't got one, but we've got two guests. We've got Mike Mondo and John Jeter, members of the Spirit Squad. Uh, great chat to both of these guys. Real fun stories regarding Ric Flair, Degeneration X, feuding with Kane in the Big Show, and uh, OVW and Jim Cornette. So, plenty of great stories to look out for. And yep, then that interview will be out Monday, but you'll have your clips out Saturday. So, until then, I'll catch you next time. <laughs>